Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Amen. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing today? Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are glad to be here today? Yes. Yes, 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 I am, and I feel good about it. Great to see everyone. Let's stand to our feet. Um, You know we're in Ephesians 6. You know we're going to be in there for a while, so you might as well, if you turn it in your Bible, just turn to it for the next, I don't know how many weeks, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be a few. Somebody say it's gonna be a few. Amen, amen, amen. It's profound to me that there's so much in God's word that you can spend weeks on verses and half of verses and still just scratch the surface of the mysteries and depths of what God has for us to receive. Don't you agree? Amen, Ephesians. Chapter 6, verse 16, 1, 2, 3, read. Amen. Today, I want to talk about from the subject, I'm confident, not cocky. I'm confident, not cocky. Can you say that with me? One, two, three. Yeah, let's do this. Father, we are uh, people of faith, and that comes with more than we really realize, Lord God, because there has to be some resolve in our life as believers to walk by faith and not by sight. And so, God, I pray that you would wreck us today as we see how this piece of armor is special in its role, Lord God, in our lives and how we use it and how we even use it together. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Um, I'm confident, not cocky. Um, That title um, came to my mind as Um, I was listening to some vintage Christian (laughs) hip-hop. And I was listening to Corey Red and Precise. See, some of y'all don't even know who I'm talking about. Amen. Thank Thank you, Sister Sunlight. You know who I'm talking about. And he said, he said, some say that I'm cocky, but I just know that the Lord got me. Those were bars right there. (laughs) No, that's, that, and them boys were spitting, oh my God. It was just, spitting for those who don't know means rapping well. Yeah, that's what it means. And um, I want them to say, man, what were they spitting, man? What were they spitting at you? And I thought about that and I said, that's that's so true. Um, When you have a confidence that God has your back, there's something happens to you. Um, because you're not 
taking care of yourself. You're not protecting yourself. You're not looking out for yourself. Your confidence doesn't come from self-confidence. It comes from Christ's confidence. Ain't nobody going to talk about it. Somebody say Christ's confidence. Yeah, you, you ought to have Christ's confidence in your life. And God even commands that you have it in such a way where your, your life should be filled with what, what Jesus would call great faith. It's interesting that a few times in, in his incarnation where he was disappointed most of the time with the children of Israel's faith. But it was interesting when he ran up on non-Israelites like the Seraphonician woman and, uh, uh, and, and the Italian cohort leader who uh, w- uh, led about a cohort of 100 men, um, he, he said, faith, like, he said, I haven't seen this type of faith in all of Israel. In other words, he shows the role of faith. You'll see places where Jesus Christ will say, your faith has made you well. And we'll explain what he means by that later. But, but it's interesting um, 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 that, that that's interesting. It, uh, it, even when he went through his own hometown, he said he could not do many miracles because there was no faith there. No, no, in, other, in, other words, in other words, there, there even though God can do what he wants, There's a sense in which when he wants to do what he wants, when there's no faith there to do what he wants, what you need doesn't get done even though he wants to do it. And so we need to begin to have sort of like, not not no swag, I believe swag is a form of micro arrogance. You know, know, we, we can get a little swaggy within ourselves. But, But when I'm talking about, when I'm talking about um, confidence. I'm talking about a confidence that, that has humility yet courage. That's, that's a good mix right there. Humility with courage is what I'm talking about. So we come to a text where a transition happens biblically and exegetically. In this text, it, there's a transition that happens. Somebody say transition. We're going to see in a second this transition, which is interesting as we talk about I'm confident, not cocky, which brings me to my first and only point. Everything in our lives must be covered by faith. Everything in our lives must be covered by faith. It's good to see some of y'all don't usually take notes. Take notes today. I see you. I see you. Verse 16. In every situation, take up the shield of faith. This is interesting here um, because he says in every situation. Now, of course, the situation of the context of the passage is the evil day. The evil day is that time when hell breaks loose in a unique way. This is not just a bad day. This is a hellacious day. And, 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 and but, but, but here, <coughs> he says the shield of faith transcends the evil day. That means in every single circumstance of all of our lives, we should be grabbing the shield of faith. Now, now what's interesting, what's interesting here is when he says take up, it's, it, the other times in the passage, he, he, he communicates that in different ways. He'll say, He'll say, uh, get girded in or partake in or fit it in. But here he goes from putting on something to taking up something. 
All the other armor before this is armor that you put on. And it's on and it just stays on you. But then, secondly, secondly, right here, it now talks about things you won't just have on, but you actually have to pick up. So now this is stuff you have to have a decision to grab. Somebody say grab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shield of faith is something you have to grab a hold of. Uh, in, in, in every single situation and in, in every area of your life. So now this transition is beautiful because now it goes from what we're wearing to what we're holding. And when we talk about taking up the shield of faith, we got a lot of time to spend here because there's a lot in this passage and a lot of application for us that we as believers really need to get ourselves into. Now, when he says partake in, he says gird up. And when he says take up, and when he says fitted, it's interesting. Those are all participles. Why is that important? Y'all looking at me, what in the world does that have to do with anything? Why is that important? Because participles, for my English people, are verbal adjectives. In other words, it's not just something you do, it's a description of who you are. So when, you, when, when you're fitted, that's a part of who you are. When you're girded up, that's a part of who you are. When you take up, that's a part of who you are. And all of that is warrior language. Pointing to the fact that you as a believer are a warrior by nature. That means there are no softies in the kingdom. That means that both men and women were born again to fight. That means there shouldn't be passivity in any area of your life as a man or a woman. That means that, 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 that you, you don't have to sit and, and, and cuddle up somewhere and cry in a corner, but you have the ability to stand on your two feet in the name of Jesus Christ, put on everything that God has for you, and get ready for war. I didn't say go looking for the devil, because the Bible never says look for the devil. But it does say be prepared for the evil day. Now, we'll see here that the reality of what the shield and all of the pieces is used for is not merely defensive weapons, but it assumes that you're advancing. The question in your life is, are you advancing? Are you advancing in your life? Are you advancing and moving forward biblically as a believer? And in order to advance, you got to be clear about your purpose. These are nuggets, I'm telling you. Because if you're not clear on your purpose, you're just wandering. If you don't know whose you are, whose you are, what's your purpose, you're a wanderer. And if you're wandering, it's impossible to put on your armor because you have no purpose for the armor. So therefore, the enemy has no purpose to go after you because you're a wanderer versus a purpose-driven person. When you're a purpose-driven person, I'm not just talking about your personal purpose. I'm talking about comprehensive kingdom purpose. Because it's popular nowadays to just make you feel good about your personal purpose while you're forgetting the glory and beauty of the massivity of kingdom purpose. So when we talk about here... <clears throat> the fact that there's fighting going on and you are a soldier, that means you are in a kingdom under a king. And that reality demands that we walk in his purpose, not our own. Shield. <clears throat> Let's just spend some time on the word shield. This is unique even more. This, this is a very unique part of armor <clears throat> because God... The, always talks a lot in scripture about being a shield. Um, in Psalm 3, 3, 
it says, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. Psalm 84:11 says, for the Lord your God is a sun and shield. The Lord grants favor and honor. He does not withhold the good or any good thing from those who live with integrity or walk uprightly. Genesis chapter 15, this is my favorite one. <clears throat> Genesis 15, one says, after these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. <clears throat> I love this because when you talk about God being a shield, we're going we're to talk about how this shield works. Well, <clears throat> Paul here has the reality of God being a shield in his mind, but he does here <clears throat> utilize what he's seeing as the shield in his day. <clears throat> and the shield in his day what was, was an interesting shield because this shield wasn't like, you know, the little, you know, you know, Captain America, John, you know. The little circular Captain America one, you know, that, that you kind of use and, and everything, you know, and you getting shot at, but you can just hold it right here. And somehow in the movie, he never gets shot in the leg. It all just hit the shield. <laughs> Y'all know, I'm, I always say, why is he not getting hit? Um, but this shield was four feet tall, four and a half feet tall and curved so that the shield not only stood in front of you, but it stood around you. And so you can fight and then get back behind the shield. I like that. That's kind of fly. You can go, yeah, and come right back in there like that. <laughs> Tap somebody up real quick and just had a joint around you. But what the Roman legions would do is when they got in community with one another in a battle, the Bible says, well, not the Bible, background, is when they got together shield to shield, the ones behind them would put the shield up and the archers would shoot at them. They would be impervious and virtually invulnerable because everybody that was a soldier had their shield prepared and next to each other so that nobody would get hit. I wonder what would happen if we would cluster together as believers and we begin going on the onslaught of the, of the, of the kingdom of darkness and doing work. And, and, but the, men, the reason why many of us fall is because none of us or many of us don't have our shields up and we're not linking up with other believers. That's why it's impossible to say you're a Christian and you're not a part of a local community. <clears throat> I know, I know all of the things. I don't like the church. I don't like this person. I don't like the way they do it. Okay. Okay. But at the end of the day, the devil loves you. Let me just tell you, you're not, your armor by yourself is not strong enough. You by yourself, you are not strong enough. All of the, all of the, uh, uh, um, the pronouns in this passage are plural. So the expectation is that all believers would do this and be together even after it's talking about chapter four because chapter four is about biblical community of believers working together being equipped in order to attain to the unity of the faith. So when we look at this shield, it has a lot of things that are within this shield that would help the believer to be able to go beast mode for the Lord, Lord our God 
and to be able to fight consistently in our commitment. Now, what's interesting about this shield, and we're going to get into some more stuff about the shield, is the shield is called the shield of faith. This is a shield that covers. Somebody say covers. What's interesting, if you use your shield right, you don't have to use the rest of your armor. Because, see, the shield, that don't mean you don't put on your armor. Don't say, well, oh, I need his faith. I'm good. No, you need all of your armor. But what's interesting is what's being covered by faith? Everything in your life. The point of the text is faith is supposed to cover everything. What does it cover in relation to the armor? Look at it. It says, the belt of truth. What is that? That's the defense against demonic lives, lies. Breastplate of righteousness, heart, it covers. Mind, emotions, will. You see it up there on the board. Um, shoes of the gospel of peace, comprehensive wholeness in your life. Not only that, the sword of the spirit. And then all types of prayers, which we're going to get to all types of prayers. <clears throat> because when we get to all types of prayers, we're going to talk about every different type of prayer that the Bible talks about categorically. Week by week. Are y'all tracking with me today? Yeah, 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 yeah. So faith <clears throat> means, is the means to activate actually all the pieces of your armor. So the armor is turned on by faith through prayers of all types. We're going to get to that when we get to the prayer part. <clears throat> this is going to be amazing. So when we talk about faith, <clears throat> so we talked about the shield, now we need to talk about faith. Now, this idea of Faith, this is important, the shield which is faith. This is important. I want to say that again. The shield which is faith. Faith, listen, is merely the means the believer has of appropriating the shield. Let me tell you something. Your faith isn't the shield. <laughs> Somebody gonna get this in a second. Your faith isn't the shield. It's what you reach out to for the shield to be activated. Okay. But we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna walk through this real nice. The, the, the key point of this is that we don't put our faith in our faith. Let me, let me see what I mean. See, we, 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 in other words, the object of your faith isn't your faith. So when someone tells me, <clears throat> I have my faith, I'm like, so in what? <laughs> because your faith is only as powerful as what it's plugged into. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. <clears throat> now, I had something, I had an electronic that wasn't working at full power. And I couldn't understand why it wasn't working at full power. And I found out when the electrician showed me, he says, this plug was not meant to power this. Because this plug, <clears throat> you're just plugging this into places, right? But, but, but this has a power level 
and in order for it to be fully powered at the level that it's supposed to be powered, because it kept flickering and acting real funny, and I thought I needed to get rid of the thing that wasn't working right. He said, there's nothing wrong with this instrument. It's something's wrong with what you're plugging it into. Because the thing that you're plugging it into wasn't designed with enough power to bring out what is put in this to shine and show off what it's supposed to be. That's what many of us do. We plug our faith into our faith. We plug our faith into all different types of things and we give up on Christ because we think that Christ isn't working. It's not that Christ isn't working in your life. It's that you don't know that you're plugging into a substandard power resource that was never meant to be a mechanism to fuel all that God has placed inside of you. If you only knew as a believer, the might that God has put inside of you. If you only knew as a believer how much he wants you to shine for his glory. If you only knew. We don't recognize that our empowerment ultimately comes from him. So when you trust in God by faith, that's what it points to. Key scriptures on faith itself is Romans 14, 23, one of my favorites. Everything that's not from faith is sin. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Anything, any, anywhere in your life where you don't operate in faith, you're in sin. Why? Because to not operate in faith is to operate in pride or fear. If you're not depending on the Lord in every area of your life, you're walking in another power source. And I'm telling you right now, every other power source in your life will be depleted. That's why we run from thing to thing, because it was never meant that. Now this is, these are two of my other favorites. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's the old translation. And the evidence of things not seen. Y'all know it already, don't y'all? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, it's a coded verse that points to the fact that God has given you himself and enough information, but not enough information that demands you have faith. God never gives you enough information to make you have confidence in it happening versus trusting him that it's going to happen. Because if he gives you everything up front, you'll enjoy the thing that he gives versus trusting him to give it. So, so, so what God does is he provides himself and a picture of the thing that he wants to do in your life, but not give it all to you so that you can have confidence in the fact that he's going to give it to you. Oh, help me today. And so, and so, and so what I like about what we're talking about in faith is important. My, my other fave is, is, is Hebrews eleven six. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please him and the one that comes to him must know that he is oh god i wish i had time to preach that and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him i like that i like that is just say he's always was and he's now and he's later so so in other words you're having faith in a worthy source and that and that and that with you can't please god without faith in other words, it, 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 please stay with me as we land a, 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 we, we land a nice little foundation here. 
Because it's very important to know that nothing else pleased God, not keeping the law, pleases the Lord. Not doing works of righteousness, legal, none of that. The main thing that pleases the Lord is being confident in him versus your ability to do anything. Faith. Man, I like the way the, the writer of Hebrews says, time would fleet me. And then he starts naming, if I talk about this one, and if I talk, he said, folks in whom the world wasn't worthy. Why wasn't the world worthy of them? Because they people that walk by faith. It says, many died not getting what they promised, but looked to something greater that God would give. Amazing. Paul tells the Thessalonians, this is amazing. Paul tells the Thessalonians, and I'm not going to go there, 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 10, that I've left Timothy there. And he says like five or six times to check on your faith. Over and over and over again, Paul, Paul, Paul was always worried about whether or not the people of God were being faithful in their walk with the living God. And so when we look at this reality, <clears throat> we see here in the text, as you put on the shield of faith, this is dope. When we look at the shield of faith, is when we look at the shield of faith, it says next, with which, talking about the shield of faith, you can extinguish the flaming arrows <laughs> of the evil one. No, no, no let, let me, let's get something out of this. Satan not only wants to wound you with his arrows. The Bible called them flaming darts. So he not only wants to destroy where he hits or, or puncture where he hits or wound where he hits, he wants to set it on fire. Why? Why? Because he doesn't want you to just get wounded and fall to the ground and you can position yourself to get healed. Then the medic comes in and pulls it, tears it out, and then they go to work, and then they pay. He don't want that. So what he wants to do is he wants the dart to be flaming so that when it hits you, it burns up everything. The enemy, listen to me, wants to burn up everything in your life. The question is, how does this happen? Well, the archers used to light them jaws, particularly the Cushites, who the Greeks would hire. They would hire the Cushites because they were the most vicious archers in the East. And what they would do is they would dip them jones and they, and, they, and they would hold them jones back and then the archer, the lead archer, uh, 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 a lead Nubian archer would put his hand down and them jones would go fo, 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 and black out the sky and you looking at what in the world do I do? And what they would do is the legion would stand and they had the ones in the front then they had the ones on, the, on, 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 on like the counter. Then they had the ones like this. And then when they hit, coo, 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 and they were all just looking at each other. Like, like, like in 300, my favorite part is when the arrows was hitting them, they were laughing with each other. But what, what did they do to do this? Well, their shield was made of wood. So it could be penetrated, right? The edges was in a metal. But then the top was in leather. Because what they would do is before battle, they would take that leather piece and soak it. You can't soak wood, it'll rot. So they would take the leather piece, soak it, soak it, soak it, 
and then mat it to the front of the shield so that when the flaming dart hit, because even if it hit you still, it can burn down your shield. So what you did was, even though it hit your shield, it won't burn your shield because you have a protective guard that you soaked in. And you so soaked in it, even though you felt the hit, the fire to destroy everything was extinguished because you went somewhere and soaked your shield in something. What are you, so are you soaking your, your shield in the Holy Ghost? What are you, are, are you soaking in God's presence? We all have faith. The Bible says, in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, to each one he's given a measure of faith. The issue is never do you have faith. Stop asking for more faith. You already got it. You've been given a measure of faith. And, but everybody's been given a different measure. I don't have time to talk about that right now. But each person's measure is enough. That measure is enough in the battle with the enemy if you soak it right. See, when you try to pick up your shield and you ain't been in the word... When you try to pick up your shield and you ain't been in no worship, when you try to pick up your shield and you ain't been in no prayer, when you try to pick up your shield and you ain't trying to bend over any, any encouragement, it hasn't soaked anywhere. So your shield can actually get hit and penetrated because you don't have the soaked barrier that God has anointed to be on the outside of it to extinguish himself. And that's why some of y'all say, well, God, I had faith. Yeah, you put up faith, but you didn't soak. That's why he said, it is able when you soak in God's presence. It's just a different, different feel to it. Because now your faith isn't just faith, it's influenced by biblical information. Many of us are having faith about stuff that ain't got nothing to do with the Bible. And guess what? God doesn't honor it. You can't put up, God doesn't put up the barrier for you believing him for just some general stuff that you want or some foolish prophet done said to you, I'm standing on the word of the prophet today. Go ahead and stand on the word of the prophet. <laughs> Why are they walking in the pathetic versus the prophetic? <laughs> he said, so that all, somebody say all. You got to, look at that, look at that. All. You ain't even got to know what kind of dart it is. Just all. Just, I mean, no matter what the enemy throws at you, if you soak and put up your shield, he, everything he has assigned for you will be extinguished. He says of the evil one. Now, even though it's an evil one, it's a kingdom that he brings with him. And so what do we see here? One of the things we have to understand is when your shield is down, or isn't at 100%, let me tell you what happens. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Oh God, I wish I had time to finish all of it. Help me. <clears throat> Many of us give the devil an opportunity. What do you give him an opportunity with? Unrighteousness. Whenever you walk in deeds of the flesh and unrighteousness, it's you giving an invitation to the enemy to come into your life. The, the enemy has no authority. He only has authority where you give him authority. Now, what does that mean? I ain't talking about just Ouija boards, because that's easy. You know, I'm not watching, you know, the exorcist. I, don't, the, I want the devil in my house, you know. 
Those are the easy ones, right? The hard ones is you. You, me, is when we allow him in, in areas of our life, he can only operate in areas of sin where the door has been opened because that's where he's getting reign. That's why the Bible says, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies, right? And so these are things that he can, he's given in your footing in your life. When your faith is down and the flames are burning up, these are some things that he likes to burn up in your life. Cultural flaming arrows of today. Let's put those up. Black identity. I wish I had a moment to talk about that. One of the flaming arrows of today is not that blacks are seeking identity. We're just seeking for that to be our identity. <laughs> that was bars right there. In other words, there's nothing wrong with seeking heritage. But when your heritage becomes your identity, what begins to happen is the devil can molest you in those areas. That's why when you talk to all of these different groups, they bring mainly up black identity and they call it this truth. Passive men. Passive men, men who don't ferociously go after God and go after his word. Those are some that's a flaming arrow. Fake womanhood. Uh, there's a way in this culture in which women have been burnt by, by matriarchy in our culture. However, when, when cultural femininity becomes the center of your womanhood by proving something that's different than what the word of God says, the enemy comes in and challenges that with a flaming dart. Let's go through some more. Things that the enemy like to burn up in your life, flaming arrows, go to the next one. These are some of the ones he like to do. No, 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 go back up. Your per yeah, yeah, yeah. Your personal testimony. One of the things that he likes to burn up is your personal testimony. Why, because he, he loves for you to take fire under your bosom and think you, can, you can't get burnt. He loves to also let you allow yourself to say, well, it's not in the Bible. It's a gray area or it's, it's you know, and then we say, no, nah, but it, it's, it's a good to uh, not uh, engage in any form of things that can mess up your testimony or forms of evil, appearance of evil, your good being spoken ill of. I like that in the Bible. It says never let your good be spoken ill of. Right, or, or uh, the church's testimony. He likes to burn up the church's testimony. He likes to shoot fiery darts at the church. How, how does he like to shoot fiery darts at the church? To get Christians not to like each other. To cause division in the church. The, uh, a church leader's testimonies. He loves to see leaders morally fail, and, and, and he loves to see the, the sheep scatter on that. He loves that type of stuff. He these are just some, some ways he burns us up. Next one. Next one he likes to do. He loves to shoot arrows at families and destroy male leadership in the home. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 he likes to call your marriage 50-50 versus 100-100. I used to watch the Flintstones. He'd always say that, Fred Flintstone. 50-50, the Bible don't teach that, right? Your confidence in the truth, he likes to burn that up. So he likes to 
create gaps in your understanding of truth and God's word and then it not get filled with truth because someone's asking you a question that you can't answer and then what he begins to do is begin to he begins to barrage you with darts in that particular area so that the gap can get huger because he's burning up more of what was there in order that you walk away from the Christian faith oh it's happening today when you stop hoping and expecting the Lord to do anything in your life more arrows where the hope goes away let's go to the next ones being prayerless he loved for you to get up, and he shoots your phone as a dart. <clears throat> Check YouTube. See, you, you posted that post last night. See how many people like, the next thing you know, you go to the bathroom, you got your phone. You brushing your teeth, you got your phone. You in the shower, you still going like this. You understand what I'm saying? You get out, you put on your clothes like this. The next thing you know, you left the house and haven't prayed. Oh yeah. And then you don't realize that you spent so much time on that that you didn't spend no time with God. Being absent of promises to stand on, you don't know nothing in the Bible that you're standing on. What is one promise right now you're standing on as a believer? Every believer should have a promise in their life, at least one that you're standing on. What's a promise you're standing on? It's not to beat you up, this is to get, us, to get this shield of faith up. Letting your God down in different areas of your life. There's so many, so many, so many more. But listen, God can restore you from the things the enemy has set fire to in your life. He can. Because some of you have already got some stuff burnt up in your life. That the enemy has burnt up. What are some of those things? You can put some of those up. Repent. That's number one. Repent. Get back in constant prayer. The Bible says be constant in prayer. Start loading up on truth to believe. Believe God's word and God's promises. Start dreaming, having gospel dreams, Holy Spirit dreams and visions again. You can do that. Spend your mind with some healthy stuff. Trust what God tells you to give up on. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust God for what you have given up on. Next, the enemy doesn't merely seek to wound you. He wants to burn up everything in your life. He wants to, next one. He wants to burn up, oh, we missed the spot. That's okay. We wait there. We, uh, we, he loves to burn up your singleness. He loves to burn up your marriage. He loves to burn up your contentment. He loves to burn up your view of God. He loves to burn up your commitment to others, your future, and your purpose. But when God, when the enemy burns up some things in your life, one of the things that you, you, you'll get hit many times in your life, but the question is, will you be burned? Let me explain that. I've had friends that have had this is a good example, have had marital failure, moral failure in their marriage. They got hit. And what happened, though, is that it took a toll on them. But what ended up happening is the enemy started burning up forgiveness. He started burning it up to creating more distance and creating other people to be around them with stupid voices that causes them to have distance. The, some of you have gotten hit in your life, but you have to respond expeditiously to getting hit and then begin to say, I can soak real quick because right then you can stop, drop, and roll in the spirit. Yeah. 
And what can happen, what, what can happen in your life is you can say, Dad, God, I got hit. I feel the wound of it. And God is like, it's okay. I patted that thing out. It's, the, it's a little bit of a scorch there, but I can, I can work through this wound. And what God has to do is God has to work with you. And you have to be still for him to take it out. God will put you on the table and he'll start pulling it out and it'll be pain. Some of you have some arrows in you that, that have just been sitting there. And God said, I want you to be still long enough to deal with the pain that you've allowed the enemy to hit you with. <laughs> and, and, and God wants to work those arrows out of you, but you got to be still enough and hold on to him enough for the pain of them being pulled out to happen in your life. <laughs> when we look at that reality, we see this, that there are multiple hedges of protection. Multiple. First is Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians calls the, strain, the restrainer. That's the first level of hedge. Then there's the general hedge that you get at salvation, like the, like the hedge Job had around him. But then there's the, there's, the, there's, the, there's the shield as that hedge of protection. And we have to know those levels and walk in the reality of what God wants to do in helping us to get free. So ways to take up the shield of faith. Let's put them up there. Ways to take up the shield of faith. Prayer. Refuse to do anything in your own strength. Refuse it. Paul says, striving with all the strength that God generously supply, supplies, Colossians 1.29. God supplies strength. Remain Jesus-centered and never become Satan or demon-centered. What do I mean by that? Satan, I serve notice to you. Satan and your demons, I rebuke you. Satan, I see you there. You said Satan so many times you ain't said nothing about Jesus. That's why in Jude, it says when the archangel Michael had a dispute about Moses' body, it said he didn't bring a railing judgment against Satan. All he says was, the Lord rebuke you. You know, Satan, I send you back to the pits of hell where you came from. He's never been there before. He doesn't know what hell looks like. He's never visited. The same just doesn't go to hell real quick. And, you know, I heard somebody had a vision of hell and she went down in hell and there were different cells and people were down there and Satan and demons were sticking forks in them and going over here. I'm like, like what? Like, help me, God. <laughs> just be making up stuff. <laughs> Trust God for angelic aid. Sometimes even with your armor, you still get overwhelmed. And the Bible talks about angelic aid in Psalm 91. <laughs> Face your fears with supernatural courage. Whenever God says, be strong and courageous, he knows you're scared. He's telling you to be courageous because there's fear that exists. <laughs> Expect pop quizzes from the Lord. Expect them. Expect that today you're going to get a pop quiz on putting up your shield of faith. Every time, so I know some of y'all say, every time pastor preach on it, soon as I get home or soon as the week happens, it come up. That's right. <laughs> Listen, this is a spiritual classroom where I'm giving you the answers to the test. 
The, all of the answers to the test that you're going to deal with this week is in this sermon. And some of your eyes glazed over. You glaze over your eyes if you want to. Satan is waiting at Tuesday at noon. So where them notes? Oh, I didn't take notes. <laughs> See? Told you. <laughs> pop quizzes. This, and then sometimes you don't realize it was a pop quiz until you failed it. <laughs> but guess what's good about being in Christ? God can say, I'll give you another chance. Take the test again. And he'll give you another opportunity. Are y'all still with me today? Is this helping anybody? Next one, next one, next one. We got a few more and I'm out your way. See the evil and challenges you experience from spiritual perspective versus a natural one. Said the natural man doesn't understand the spiritual things. You're a believer now. So now you gotta start seeing things from a spiritual perspective. It always, it trips me out when people say, I, I don't wanna hear the, like I just wanna talk about this from a man or a natural perspective. I don't want to use, like, scripture right now. Now you, oh, what? <laughs> like, like, again, some of us, we have to start, we have to think of everything from the lens of the spiritual. Everything. Everything. Always be alert for your need to walk by faith. Always be alert for that. That's what the Bible says. Be on alert for your adversary, the devil, is prowling. It's not literally him by himself because he's not omnipresent. He, he dispatches. They have meetings. Regional meetings. We're going to talk about them. They have regional meetings about the plan for all of the people in different regions by name and have a multi, multifaceted stratagem that's picked out based on the sin systems that they've set up in that particular sphere, and they dispatch the enemy into those different places to molest everyone in that spiritual sphere. You have to know that. It's a reason, I'm getting ahead of myself, it's a reason why certain neighborhoods have certain sins that just pervade the entire neighborhood. That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. We're not just talking about the hood either. Because when we talk about sin, we always say, see, that's what, see, them down there and the poor people. See, we think, no, everywhere got, Society Hill is just as sinful as the Badlands. <laughs> Walk by faith and not by sight. You know? Next one. Next ones. Make sure you aren't having faith in your faith. We said that. Never leave the coverings that, God, that the Lord has set up in your life. Never leave the coverings. The church is a covering. Community is a covering. For those who don't know it, whether you like it or not, parents are supposed to be a covering. Friends are supposed to be a covering. Help me today. <laughs> know that unrighteousness and willful sin in your life is after actively putting down the shield of faith. Um, I want us to, as believers, begin to say, okay, let's begin to take our faith seriously by picking up the shield on a daily basis, soaking in God's presence, and holding it out. How did we get this shield? By faith in Christ. It's already in your armory. So interesting. I have a friend that um, has an interest in theology, but he has um, 
You can't be mad at him. Um, you go in his closet. There's a door. Go in that door. Money got an armory up in there, like the Matrix. You remember when they went in the room and, and all the stuff just flew out, and he just ready to get at something. You know, believers, we, when we got saved, we got an armory. We got an armory of weaponry. And my desire and our desire is our need to trust Christ and how we use it. Let's go before the Lord stand. We're going to say this prayer together. This prayer for putting on the shield of faith. How do you put each weapon on? You pray is one way as well, like we talked about earlier. So let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Yeah. Maybe you're here today. You can keep remain standing and you don't know Christ as Savior. You're just getting hit and everything. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give, and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.